You are listening to the Purpose Church High School Ministry Podcast. Whether this is your first episode or you've heard them all, God has something to say to you. Our vision is to see every student everywhere following Jesus, and we hope this message helps you take your next step in your faith. To learn more about our high school ministry, visit our website, purposechurch.com HSM, and check us out on Instagram at purposehsm. We hope you enjoy today's episode. This work of art that is a discovery of what heaven is going to be like. And maybe some of you, maybe some of you, before we began this series a few weeks ago, you thought, oh man, I have no idea what heaven's going to be about. I've seen a movie, I, I read a book, or I, I, I think I know kind of uh, vaguely what it's going to be, but is it really worth spending time talking about? And what's interesting is that God, God thinks it's really important that we spend some time talking about heaven because he gives us clues of what heaven is going to be like all throughout scripture. But before we jump into heaven, um, something very special happened last Wednesday. Literally, at this time, at this time, my wife was giving birth to our fourth kid, which is crazy. And so I wanted to show you guys some photos. So this is Levi Brave. That's his name, Levi Brave. Uh, he was born last Wednesday at 740, uh, 741, 8 pounds, 6 ounces, 19.25 inches. What a stud. This was us in the hospital. That's when the kids came and met him, which was just so adorable and so cute. They, like, they all prayed for him, and they sang, and then Lila hit him. You know, it's just beautiful. It was amazing. It was amazing. This is him kind of looking a little like thug, you know what I mean? Like he's kind of got his beanie on looking really cool. Uh, that's Levi. I love this one. This is like a blanket that Sarah got him and he's just amazing. And this was one that we literally just took like a few hours ago. Um, that is Levi Brave. And so you guys, I can't wait for you all to meet him. I can't wait for uh, him to come. He's going to be here soon and uh, not, not like soon tonight, but he'll be here like in the next handful of months or whatever. And I, I just can't wait for you guys to get to meet him. Um, but yeah, life is crazy for us with four, so pray for us. It's awesome. But um, this Heaven series has been really interesting for us as a family because the kids know that we've been talking about Heaven in HSM, and, and so we've been having conversations in the car. And the other day, the other day, Charlie, the other day, Charlie was in the car, and him and Brinley were just talking about Heaven. And you guys, I wish I could video and audio record their conversations because it is buck wild. I mean, they are insane kids, and the places they go, the things they talk about. Um, and so at one point, Brinley and Charlie are like talking about heaven, and, and, then, and then Charlie says this comment. He goes, he goes, Brinley, did you know that Jesus is preparing a place for us in heaven? Did you know he's preparing a place for us in heaven? And Brinley was like, yes. And then he's like, and did you know he's making presents for us? right? Which is awesome because Charlie kind of has like Jesus and Santa Claus like merged. You know what I mean? Like they're kind of like one person and, and they're kind of talking and then Brinley, and if you know my daughter Brinley, she's just out there. She's crazy and I love her. And she goes like this. Then she goes, Charlie, did you know? Like she tries to one-up him. She goes, Charlie, did you know there's aliens, right? And, she, and he's like, He's like, there's aliens, and he starts losing his mind, right? And, and But as a family, we've been having these really cool conversations about heaven, and my hope and my desire is that throughout this series, you've been able to get sort of a better understanding of heaven. And, and I want to do a quick recap, and then we're going to dive into where we're going tonight. Our, our first big idea that we talked about week one was, who is heaven for? 
And there may be some of us who are still in this room or maybe at that point thought, oh, heaven is just for everyone who's good, right? Like as long as you're kind of a nice, gentle, kind, good person, heaven is for you ultimately. Well, scripture, and we take scripture seriously because Jesus took it seriously, because Jesus rose from the grave. Jesus says, actually, heaven is reserved for a people who are on a trajectory, who are in a relationship with Jesus. And so the answer to the first question was, who is heaven for? It's for sinners that are saved by a perfect Jesus, not saved by a friend or not saved by a loved one, but by the perfect God Almighty, Jesus Christ, who died on a cross and rose from the grave to save you, that that is who heaven is for. And we talked about this idea that it doesn't make sense that we would spend eternity with someone that we didn't want to spend time with on earth. And so God says, if you want to spend eternity with me, it begins here and it begins now. Then the second question we wrestled with is, is heaven an actual place? And, and maybe you've thought it is kind of like it's just this cloudy kind of zone out there. You're not really sure. Well, scripture says that there's actually lots of evidence that points towards heaven being an actual place. And we talked about how heaven has kind of these three different stages, that there was the original, um, that there was the original perfect earth when heaven and earth were one. This is when Adam and Eve were walking on the, on the earth, and before sin entered the story of the world, heaven and earth were one. God was walking with his people. They could hear him, they could see him, they could interact with him. They had perfect relationship with him, and they had perfect relationship with each other. But then sin entered the story of the world, and what happened is all of a sudden, heaven and earth all of a sudden became divided, and there was a chasm formed between them, and, and what it created was fallen earth, which is what we live in right now. But then we wrestled with the question that some of you have asked, well, what happens to people who die, who love Jesus, who are in a relationship with Jesus? What happens with them? Well, Scripture points out that they go to this present heaven. They, they go to heaven. They spend, they're with Jesus right now, but that there is a future. There is a new earth and a new heaven coming, that Jesus is not done with the world yet, which this should be good news for us. Because if you look around, and as I look around, I see so much brokenness. I see so much fallenness. I see so much pain. And God, over and over and over again, says in Scripture, I am patient with renewing all things because I want to win as many people to myself as possible. That the reason God allows for the fallen earth, the brokenness that we experience to continue is because he is on a focused rescue mission trying to save every single person in this room trying to bring into relationship every single person in this room and every person on planet earth. And so God is patient and God allows the brokenness to continue because he wants to give us the free opportunity to be in a relationship with him. But one day, one day, Jesus will come back. Jesus will come back and restore all things. And scripture says that God will create a brand new, renewed earth that will look and feel similar to this place, but there will be some things that we've never experienced before, that heaven and earth will become one again, and we will spend eternity with him. And then tonight, the question that we will wrestle with is, so are we just kind of like spirits floating around? Or do we have bodies in heaven? And so the question is, will we have bodies in heaven? We absolutely will. 
And that's what we're going to spend our time talking about. I want to open with a quote from Randy Alcorn, who, who wrote the book Heaven that we've been kind of basing a lot of this study on. And he wrote this. He said, the climax of history will be the creation of the new, earth, of the new heaven and a new earth, a resurrected universe inhabited by resurrected people living with a resurrected Jesus. So we've talked about how Jesus will be in heaven. We've talked about how the whole earth will be renewed and restored. But what we're going to talk about tonight is that we will actually be resurrected people, that we will have bodies in heaven. And in fact, it goes even farther than that. Scripture says that in heaven you will have an earthly name, that you will have a new name, and you will have a renewed body. Check out what Matthew chapter 17 verse 4 says. At this point in scripture, Jesus is, uh, he's been transfigured, which means he's been glorified in front of his disciples. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, like out of heaven, Moses and Elijah show up who are like godfathers in the Old Testament. And by the time this scene happens, Moses and Elijah have been dead for centuries. And yet what's really interesting is look at what happens. Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. So here's one thing that this tells us. That as Moses and Elijah died and are in eternity with God, that they still retain their same names. And so that can give us some evidence that when you and I pass away, that when you and I die and we begin to spend eternity with God, that the names that we have here will not be forgotten. In fact, the fact that people in heaven can be called by the same name they had on earth demonstrates they remain the same people. In heaven, I'll be, this is Randy Alcorn talking, I'll be Randy Alcorn without the bad parts forever. If you know Jesus, you'll be you without the bad parts forever. But not only do you have your earthly name, but scripture says that you are actually given a new name. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who is victorious, I will give some of the hidden manna. I will also give that person a white stone with a new name written on it, known only to the one who receives it. And so in heaven, in eternity... You will have the name that you've been given here, but you will also have a new name, a new name that Jesus gives you. And I wonder if those will be like names that we're familiar with, or if I, I wonder if they'll be the names that we long to hear our whole lives. I wonder if they'll be names like chosen, loved, saved, adopted. I wonder what God's desire is. I wonder as God's thinking about you right now, I believe that he has the name already picked out for you, that if you are in a relationship with Jesus, I believe that he has that special name already picked out for you, ready to go. But not only, not only will you have your earthly name and you'll have a new name, but you will have a renewed body. Listen to this guy Job in the Old Testament. He was experiencing an incredible amount of suffering. And then he has this moment of reflection about the end, and this is what he says. He says, I know that my Redeemer lives, and that in the end he will stand on the earth, and after my skin has been destroyed, yet in my flesh I will see God. I myself will see him with my own eyes. I and not another. How my heart yearns within me. And so there are traces all throughout Scripture of this idea that your body matters. 
that your body, renewed and perfected, will be in eternity forever. So we're not just these kind of random spirits floating out there, but eternity involves our bodies, and that's really what we're going to spend our time talking about. But maybe you've asked this question, why is it hard to believe that we will have bodies in heaven? I mean, maybe you've wrestled with that. Man, I, I just, I don't picture it. I can't fathom it. Why do I have bodies in heaven? Why is that important? Well, as I was reading this book and studying up on it, I want to teach you guys about something that has kind of infiltrated its way into the church and into the way that we think about eternity. And it's something called Christoplatonism, Christoplatonism. And what it means is it's, it's kind of a hybrid merging of Christianity and Platonic thought. And maybe you're going, okay, what is Platonic thought? It comes from the guy Plato. Plato lived from the year 428 BC to 347 BC. And this is really important. This is what he taught. He taught that a person was divided into two distinct and separate parts, body and soul. But he specifically believed that the body was lesser than the soul. So this guy Plato believed that, man, you, your body, but you're also soul, your mind, but the thing that's the most important about you is your mind, is your soul. And so whatever you do with your body is kind of secondary and, and not as important that what you do with your mind, that's the most important. The thing is, though, that's not exactly what Scripture teaches, that before Plato ever existed, the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. Did you see what happened there? That God combined the body and the soul, brought them together, and that's what came into living. That's what was brought to life. It was not just a body and it was not just a soul, but it's the body and soul coming together. And in fact, in Genesis 1:31, God looks at everything that he had made and his response is, it was very good. You see, there, there's a lot, of, a lot of thoughts out there that, the thing God's most concerned with is your mind, or that that's the only thing that matters about you. You can do whatever you want with your body. Here's the thing that scripture teaches, that when God looks at all of his creation, including our bodies, including our minds, he looks at all of it, and he says, it's good. Now, Christoplatonism, this idea that Christianity and Platonic thought merge together, asserts that our souls merely occupy our bodies like a hermit crab inhabits a seashell. And our souls could naturally or even ideally live in a disembodied state. You guys, this is where our thinking about, man, when I die someday, finally I can leave behind this body and my spirit will just be with God. My soul will just be with God. This way of thinking is really affected and has been influenced by Plato's thinking. But it's not what the scriptures teach. John Piper, who's a Christian and a theologian, he says this, Christianity is not a platonic religion that regards material things as mere shadows of reality, which will be sloughed off as soon as possible. Not the mere immortality of the soul, but rather the resurrection of the body and the renewal of all creation is the hope of the Christian faith. You see, this guy John Piper gets, gets what we're talking about here. That when God plans to restore and renew all things, your body is a part of that. You as a whole person is 
a part of that. Well, let's break it down a little bit more. This author, R.A. Torrey, he says this, we will not be disembodied spirits in the world to come, but redeemed spirits in redeemed bodies in a redeemed universe. Now, why does this matter? Or, or how can we trust this? The resurrection of Jesus, which is what we're going to spend a lot of our time talking about, the resurrection of Jesus actually gives us confidence in our own resurrection. So how can we trust this? How can we trust that this is actually how things are going to go, that, our body, that when I die, that God is going to bring back together my body in a renewed, perfected way? Because it's what happened for Jesus. And so Jesus' resurrection actually gives us courage and confidence in our own. So we're going we're gonna to jump into a passage in 1 Corinthians 15. But before we do, Paul talks about this analogy between a seed and a plant. And there's a lot of different ways to take this interpretation, but, and you can read it on your own. But what Paul is trying to set up here, I believe, is that as he compares a seed that ultimately grows into a plant, he's going to talk about how our bodies were sown like seeds, but that at the resurrection we become like plants. What I don't think Paul is saying is that our earthly bodies and our resurrected bodies are radically different. I think what he's talking about is potential. I think what he's talking about is just as a seed has so much potential, so our resurrected bodies will be like the plants that are the potential behind those seeds. Well, this is what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, beginning in verse 42. So will it be with the resurrection of the dead. The body that is sown, the body that is sown is perishable. It is raised imperishable. It is sown in dishonor, it is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness, it is raised in power. It is sown a natural body and it is raised a spiritual body. And so you see Paul I don't think he's talking about two separate kinds of bodies. So when I read this and I look at this, I don't think we get to heaven and all of a sudden I look like Michael Jordan. Like, I don't think that's what it's going to be. Because I think each one of us reflect God in a really unique and special way. And maybe this is important for some of you because some of you look at the mirror and you go, I just wish I looked like that person. And if God wanted you to look like that person, he would have made you like that person. But he didn't make you like that person. He made you the way he made you because you are a reflection of him, meaning you bear his image, meaning you look in some ways like him. And all of us together with all of our diversity, with all of our ethnicities, with all of our races, with all of our cultures, we ultimately reflect together a beautiful picture of God. It's one of the reasons I love our high school ministry here. If you look around, we have a lot of diversity in this room. We come from different cities, different races, different backgrounds, different stories. And what's beautiful about that is because we are diverse, we reflect God better. And so if you're in this place, and you look around and you go, man, there are some people here who look different than me. That's good. Because guess what? That's what heaven's going to be like. And if you're expecting to be in heaven with people that look only like you, that sound only like you, that talk only like you, that only like your kind of jokes that are just like you, you are in for a rude awakening. Heaven's going to be a very displeasing place for you. Because heaven is all people's all tribes, all cultures, all races, all backgrounds together under the lordship of Jesus. And together we reflect him. But what Paul is talking about here is that 
the body that we have right now, like your body and my body, it's perishable. It's perishing. It's weak. It's broken. Like all of us are like moving towards death, right? Like all of us are a little bit closer to death. And that's a scary, weird thought to think about. But what's awesome is that scripture says, look, look, your body right now that's perishable, God has plans to make it imperishable. Your body right now that is sown in dishonor, God has plans to raise it and to make it glorious. That your body that is sown in weakness right now, that that has weakness to it, that has limitations, God says your resurrected body will be defined by having power. That your natural body right now, which will die, will ultimately be raised in an eternal spiritual body. Paul goes on to say, for the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality. In the new earth and new heaven, our bodies and minds will have potential that we never thought possible. And I I don't know how far we want to go down this trail, but this is a really interesting thought. If my body right now and my mind is defined by weakness, but when it's resurrected, it will be defined by power, that means I'll have experiences and potential and capacities with my resurrected body that I don't have right now. How many of you know, what percentage of our brain do we use? Gunny, what percentage of our brain do we use? It's like less than 10%, isn't it? Five or 10%. Okay, whatever. Five or 10%, 15 juries out. But here's the thing. Here's what's interesting. Just think about this. Just think about this for a second. That right now, as powerful as your little brains are, as you're memorizing all of your SAT things, and as you're trying to remember, you know, your locker combination and like your phone passwords and all that stuff, as you're like holding all that stuff in your brain, you're only using, and the smartest people on planet earth right now are only using five to 10% of their brains. Can you imagine? what it would look like if you had 100% use of your brain. I mean, imagine your capacity for relationships. Imagine your capacity for understanding. Imagine if you didn't have those same limitations, if you still had your same body, but if instead of it being defined by weakness, it was ultimately defined by power. Randy Alcorn says this about the body. He says, our resurrected bodies will be free of the curse of sin, redeemed and restored to their original beauty and purpose that goes back to Eden. The only bodies we've ever known are weak and diseased remnants of the original bodies God made for humans, but the bodies we'll have on the new earth in our resurrection will be even more glorious than those of Adam and Eve. Here's the reality. We live in a sinful, broken world that has corrupted and destroyed and torn apart everything, including our bodies. I've shared this with many of you that you guys know my middle daughter, Brinley, has had two open heart surgeries, that her little body is broken. And it's not because of anything she chose to do, but it's because she's been born in a sinful, broken world, that her body is broken. And maybe some of you feel like your body is broken. I talk with many of you guys who you have, you struggle with autoimmune diseases. Or, or, or your body is constantly aching. Or there's something about yourself when you look in the mirror that you're just not happy with, you're not okay with. 
I want to give you guys some hope and a reminder that number one, God created you, designed you, loves you. But that we as Christians can be honest about our weaknesses, about our brokenness, about the ways that our bodies aren't functioning perfectly because we believe in a God who will ultimately perfect our bodies. We believe in a God who will ultimately make things right for those of us who follow him. But it's not just about our bodies. It also involves our mind. Check out this quote. On the new earth, I think we will continually be discovering to our delight what we never knew existed. What we've been missing all our lives. No joy is greater than the joy of discovery. The God who always surpasses our expectations will forever give us more of himself and his creation to discover. So maybe some of you feel like, man, as soon as I enter into heaven, all of a sudden I have like full knowledge. I've taken the matrix pill. I'm good. I know everything there is to know about life, about all things. I don't think so. Because just because your body has perfect capacity and just because your body and your mind is described as powerful doesn't mean that you and I will stop learning. In fact, I think in the new heaven and the new earth, as we are in perfect relationship with Jesus and perfect relationship with each other, that for all of eternity, we will be discovering new things. I mean, you, you remember that moment, right, where like, there was one Christmas present under the tree. Or you got home and somebody got you one birthday gift. Or a friend brought you something wrapped because of an anniversary or a big event in your life. And that anticipation, that excitement, as you open up that package, whatever it was, and you discover what that gift was, I mean, that, that feeling, that joy, that excitement around every corner... I mean, Charlie and I, we, we ever, almost like daily, we, we have Nerf Wars together, right? So I bought him and I like two Nerf guns. That's the only guns we have in our house. So we got these two Nerf guns and, and he, he'll hide behind this wall. And it, it, he knows that I'm like hiding behind the stairs. He knows that I'm there. But when I jump out and scare him, it's like he's never anticipated it before, right? I mean, it's like, it's like he's experiencing it for the first time again. And there's something so joyful about those experiences. And I believe in heaven for all of eternity, you and I will constantly be going, oh my goodness, are you serious, God? Like, you created that? Like, that makes the Grand Canyon look like poop. I don't know, like, it's awesome. This is amazing what you made, God. And I think literally we're gonna spend our whole eternity, all of eternity running around just going, are you serious, God? You're this amazing? God, you're this incredible. You did that? You're incredible, God. For all of eternity, I believe we will be discovering more things about God. Paul wraps up. He says, for if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. Then those who have fallen asleep in Christ are also lost. So Paul says, but here's the hope. Because we know Jesus rose from the dead, you will also be raised. If he didn't raise from the dead, we're screwed. We're done, we're lost, there's no hope. As soon as you die, it's all over. But because Jesus rose from the dead, we too will rise and our bodies with us. Here's something I want you to think about. If your body and mind matters enough to God to raise them from the dead, 
How should we think about and treat our bodies and minds? I recognize that in this series, as we talk about heaven, it can kind of seem like a lot of what we're talking about is future stuff, but I really want it to affect the way we think now. And I want you to think about this concept that maybe before you thought your body was just going to vanish, so your body doesn't matter, but now that you know that your body and your mind matter so much to God that he's going to raise them from the dead, then how should that change and affect how we treat our bodies and our minds? Well, what's the resurrection body life going to be like? While they were still talking about seeing Jesus in person, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. They were startled and frightened thinking they saw a ghost. Maybe this was your picture of life in the new heaven and the new earth before you walked in here. He said, we're going to be kind of like ghosts, just sort of floating around. Well, this is evidence from Jesus, who is the only person who has resurrected for eternity, And he said to them, why are you troubled and why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself, touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and feet. And while they still did not believe it because of joy and amazement, he asked them, Do you have anything here to eat? Is that a bizarre thing for Jesus to say? He's just resurrected from the dead, and they think he's kind of a ghost, and he's like, no, I'm physical. Like, you can touch me. You can see. It's really me. Resurrection is a physical thing. But then he says this. He says, do you have anything to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, he took it and ate it in their presence. I mean, just, just picture this, right? Like, Jesus is actually back from the dead. They've never seen this before. And he's like, I'm back, and I'm hungry. You know, like, you got any Burger King? Like, what's going on, guys? I need something. And they hand him this fish, and he begins to eat it in front of them. So if we know heaven is for those who are in a relationship with Jesus, and we know it's a real physical place where heaven and earth are one, and we will be walking around in perfect relationship with God and perfect relationship with each other, and our bodies and minds will be present and will be there, the question is, what will we do in heaven? One thing I know for sure is we will eat in heaven. We will eat in heaven. But what else will we do? That's what we're going to talk about next week. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, as we go into our small groups and begin to discuss this idea that our bodies and our minds matter so much to you, that these bodies and minds that we have will be resurrected for all of eternity, but renewed and perfected in a way that we can't even fully imagine here. I pray that it would change and affect the way we think about our bodies and our minds right now. If they matter that much to you, maybe we should start treating them and using them in ways that glorify you. God, thank you that we're only just beginning our discussion on heaven. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.